Thank you, Brother Bill. Shall we pray, friends, as we have our heads bowed? Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee tonight for the opportunity we have to come before Thy children at Thy throne and to present them to You, to ask You to send blessings in this building tonight upon all who wait upon Thee. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good evening, friends. It's with great uh, full heart that I come tonight to minister again in the name of our precious Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm trusting tonight for a, a great outpouring of His divine being tonight in our meetings, praying that God will grant to us tonight the exceedingly abundantly above all we could do or think. I wish to read a portion of Scripture. I want to start the prayer line just a little early tonight, if possible. It's tomorrow's Saturday, and I know it's a busy day, so you can get out early. We're thankful for it being as cool as what it is tonight, a little better than, than usual. And now tomorrow night and Sunday afternoon and Sunday night. And for those who are selling the books and pictures, our care for one, tomorrow night will be the last opportunity. We do not sell on Sunday. And the picture or the book, for tomorrow night. This will probably be the last time. They're probably going off the market now. For uh, my meetings and coming back will be in a different farm. So we just ask you if you... We're not book salesmen. No, we just think that it would do you good to have it. And it's just... Let you have it just as cheap as we possibly can get it. And so if you see people that wants the book and doesn't have money or their picture, we give it to them anyhow, see. And so we just hope that you have one. It'd be a blessing to you. Now, over in this, uh, the readings of the prophets here, my words is a man's words which will fail, but God's words cannot fail. And now, tonight, I trust that you'll pray with me while I speak and watch the clock for a few moments, maybe a little testimony or something, try to start the prayer line in the next 20 minutes, if the Lord permits. Now, in the third chapter of Second Kings, we read these words. Now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came up on him. And now may the Lord add his blessings to his words, the reading of his words. Our text tonight deals with an Old Testament character. And that is the prophet Elijah. And in the time that our reading was was a very dark hour in Israel. It was a time that a great king, Ahab, uh, right in the dark ages, I would say, of Israel, they came through a, a seizure of procession just like that the Christian church has. And I believe about the darkest day of Israel was when Ahab was reigning. And Ahab then married Jezebel and brought idolatry into the into Ju uh, the Jewish church. She brought in her pagan gods. And that was duplicated to the Gentiles during the Dark Ages when, when the church married into pagan again and brought idolatry into the church also. And Ahab, during the time of our text, had just died. Jezebel, as you understand, by Jehu, was threw out of the window by some eunuchs. And uh, the Elijah had prophesied that the dogs would lick her blood like it did the just man that she had taken his life, a Naboth. 
for taking his, having his vineyard stolen from him. And the dogs eat practically all of Jezebel's body, this beautiful little queen, but wicked at heart. Just the palms of her hand and so forth was left in the streets where the dogs had eaten. And then Jerome reigned in Ahab's place, which was Ahab's son. And he wasn't quite as wicked as his father. His father was kind of a borderline believer. We have a lot of those yet today, just on the borderline, whichever way the wind blows, why they go with it. But Jerome, he did take down the idols of Balaam, but he still claved to sins that he should not do. And, and the land, the king of, of Moab was perhaps a little afraid of his father because Ahab had a mighty army and Israel united pretty good during the time of his reign. So he'd sent over several thousand sheep because the king of Moab was a sheep master. And many of the, he had sent these sheep kind of to keep peace between the two nations. But then perhaps after his son reigned in his place, well, he desired then to perhaps come and take him back again. So he knew that his son wasn't the warrior that his father was. So during this time, there was over Judea was Jehoshaphat the king. And Jehoshaphat was a righteous man, a God-fearing man. And now this Jerome, after he had found that the king of Moab was going to um, uh, declare war on him, why he goes over to Judah and asked Jehoshaphat if he wouldn't uh, unite his efforts with him to go make war with this uh, king of Moab. And now here is one point that I wish to stress on for a few moments. That is concerning believers hooking themselves up with unbelievers. That's right. doesn't, was, doesn't work. God isn't pleased with it. God has said, come out from among the unbeliefs. Right. You can't associate uh, night and day together. Neither can you associate belief and unbelief together. And, and when you find unbelief, it's accompanied by hatred. If you find faith, it's accompanied by love. For love creates faith. And without faith, why you can't uh, have love. Now, then this believer, Jehoshaphat, uh, willing to give respects to somebody who had a great kingdom, and probably the prestige that this young king had in his day, he, before considering God or asking God whether he should do it or not, he united his forces to go make war with the enemy and not realizing that he was hooking himself up with the same, with his better enemy or worse than what the Moabites would be. I think we've done the same thing during this last world's war, which we had time tonight to dwell on it, but we haven't. That is, when we hooked ourselves up with Russia and made an alliance with Russia, and how can two walk together except they be agreed? See, and they, we refused the cross and we got a double cross for it. And now the very material that we sent to them, they look like fixing to blow it back at us. Well, that's the way the world goes. But one day, there'll be the king of righteousness will come and there'll be no more war. There'll be no more sorrow. It'll all be over. Until that stone that Daniel saw hewed out of the mountains come, the kingdoms of the world are still controlled by Satan. Satan said they were his kingdoms. Jesus admitted they was. He promised to give them to Jesus if he would worship him. And Jesus knew that he would fall heir to them anyhow. 
So he said, get thee behind me, Satan. It's written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. Him only shalt thou serve. Now, during this time, this fine man, because he had looked over and seen the, a bright side there, before considering God, he joined himself with this unbeliever. And I had time to dwell on this tonight. A many good Christian heart has done the same thing when they built a new church in the community, outshined the old country church a little you used to go to, and perhaps you thought a little better class of people went down there and left the old-fashioned church that you once belonged to, went out and joined yourself up with that. You get into the same trouble that this um, Jehoshaphat did. Anyhow, they united their forces together and watch when a believer gets out of contact with his maker. They fixed up their compass for seven days and went out into the wilderness, taking the king of Edom with them to meet this great company of the Moabites out there. Now, they went off in such a hurry without even considering God. And when they found out the seven days was up, well, their water supply was cut off. They didn't have any water to drink. And there they was out there with their cattle, with their animals, and their water supply was cut off. And looks like it was just about the end for them. Now, that's what we do. Sometimes we go off on a tantrum somewhere and not think about God, not pray over it, ask the Lord whether we should do it or not. And we find out that our supply of blessings is cut off. And we wonder sometimes, well, wonder why I can't have no more blessings. If you don't watch, you let down in your prayer life. You say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, that's more sign you should pray more than ever. Read the Bible every day. Pray every day. Don't make any decisions too harshly or too quickly without first considering God about it. Ask him, shall I do this, Father? Ask him, is it your will for me to do this? Then see what the Holy Spirit will speak to you. He might not give you a vision, but he'll speak in some way to you to let you know if you'll be sincere and ask him. Then we see that when the crisis came, it showed oh, just who was down in their heart was yet a believer. That was Jehoshaphat. He said, well, here we are, no water. And the other king said, I guess the Moabites has brought us out here and now they're going to slay us all out here. But Jehoshaphat, the believer, now he'd kind of come to himself. He said, isn't there a prophet somewhere that we could consult the Lord? That's a pretty good idea, don't That's you think right. so? <laughs> he said, couldn't we consult the Lord about this matter if we're in this uh, jeopardy here and, and we're going to die or be defeated? Shouldn't we consult the Lord? Well, if a nation or an army should consult the Lord in a time of trouble, what about when a cancer's got you in a corner? When TB's got you in a corner? When affliction's got you in a corner? Don't give up. Let's consult the Lord about it and see what he'd have to say. See? Maybe you say, well, I have, I'm a drunkard. I'm a harlot. I'm, I, I've cursed all my life. Don't give up. Let's consult the Lord about it tonight and see what he'd say about it. Say, well, Brother Branham, I've tried for six years to be born again of the Spirit of God, to receive the Holy Spirit. He's never yet come to me. Well, let's try again tonight and see what the Lord will say. For he's always willing if we just get everything out of the way. Well, there was one said, yes, there is Elisha down here. He poured water on the hands of Elijah, a real prophet. Said, we know where he lives down here, perhaps in the desert somewhere. And my... He was a real prophet, said he poured water on the hands of Elijah. Now, the old saying is, 
show me your company and I'll tell you who you are. And that's about right. Birds of a feather flock together. I was in South Africa here some time ago and there was a great meeting as you understood how the Lord was blessing and tens of thousands being saved and signs and wonders that swept two or three pages of paper every day. And there was a, a critic wrote me and he said, a letter got to me after a few days and I don't know how it got through the management and so forth. But when it got to me, it said, all right, preacher, Abraham, show me your company. I'll tell you who you are. It said 90% of the people is behind just Pentecostal. I said, well, praise the Lord. That's right. That's right. That's exactly. Uh, he said, 90% of the people behind you are Pentecostal. Said they believe such stuff. Well, certainly. That's where the Lord would come. To where his believers, that's the only thing he can come to, is to believers. And then, but that's it. Elijah had, had his association, Elisha rather, with Elijah, the great mighty prophet. If you remember how Elijah called him and threw his mantle over him and he followed him to Gilgal and on to many places. And I want you to notice how when he, Elisha knew that he was going to be called the prophet in Elijah's stead, why Elijah tried in a roundabout way to leave Elisha behind. But Elisha said, as the Lord liveth and your soul never dies, I'm not going to leave you. I like that. When a man has been born again of the Spirit of God and set his eyes towards heaven, keep your eyes set that way. Don't leave him for no one or nothing else. Just keep your eyes on Christ. They went on up to the school of the prophets, the great seminary up there that day. And then it wasn't very much of a seminary, probably like some of our modern seminaries. They sent somebody out to get some peas to make some pottage and a fellow went and gathered a lap full of green wild gourds and put them in the... A fellow didn't know the difference between peas or gourds wasn't very much of a prophet, I wouldn't think. But that's about the way it is today in some of these seminaries. Don't know the difference between fanaticism and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's just about the same. But I notice, though, when the, the, one of the prophets come back and said, there's death in the pot. Death in the pot. Elijah said, don't worry. He went and got a handful of meal and threw it into the pot and said, now eat all you want to. That meal come from the meal offering. And the meal offering was to be ground with birds that were set every bird just the same. Ground the meal offering perfect. The birds just the same. Ever ground the meal. And the meal offering represented Christ. And when death is on and Christ is put in his stead, death turns to life again. Don't you see? So the same potage. You didn't say dump it out. We'll get some more. Just take that same one. So when a cancer has come to your life or some sickness that the doctors and medical science can't control, don't give up. The meal offering is still ours. The Lord Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Throw Christ into your life with faith and it'll turn from death to life every time. It just can't fail because it's the Lord Jesus. Elijah foreseeing that shadow of Christ, knowing that this meal represented him, which he was the wave offering to the heave offering and the meal offering and all the offerings pertain to Christ. So he got the meal which was ground the same and threw it in the pot the same yesterday, today and forever. And as sure as Christ taken the place of death in that pot and brought life, so will he today when he's taken upon the basis that he's the same yesterday, today and forever will change death to life every time.
Now, and then they went up to this school. And then Elijah said to Elisha, you tarry here because I'm going to Jordan. You notice there were three stages of that journey. One of them to Gilgal, other from there on up to, to, to the school of the prophet. And the next one was down to Jordan. Now, Jordan was his last place, the last time that he had to watch. That represents the church ages we come through. The first from Gilgal, let the church come out of dark ages, it come through the Lutheran Reformation. The second stage of it come through what they call the second blessing or the second work of grace, sanctification through John Wesley. Then we come down to Jordan, died out and got the Holy Ghost after that. Now, crossed over. And after Elijah had crossed over, got over on the other side, he said to the young prophet, and them two prophets represented perfectly Christ and the church. Elijah going away, leaving the authority with the church was a type of Christ going away, leaving the authority with the church. But the church had to come through Lutheran age, through Methodist age, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, die out to self in order to receive the blessing. Now they cross the Jordan and they're going up the hill. Elisha turns around and said, what would you that I do for you, seeing that you've been patient to follow me from every place and won't turn back, you're determined to go on. Elisha says, that a double portion of your spirit might come up on me. That's the way to ask. Ask plenty. So God likes to give it that way. Just a little. The trouble people say, I, I ask the Father so much. Oh my. Don't be scared to ask him. Ask just all you can ask. He likes to give you just as much as you got faith to receive. He won't run out. God's got plenty of blessings. <laughs> Could you imagine a little fish about that long out in the middle of the ocean saying, I better drink of this water sparingly. I might run out someday. <laughs> oh, my. That, well, my, that's nothing compared with what the blessings God's got for you. Could you imagine a little mouse under the great garners of Egypt saying, I just better eat a few grains each day because it might not last through the winter. <laughs> Why, well, I could never eat it in a thousand lifetimes. Neither could you offsurp the blessings that God's got later from you if you live 10 million years here on earth. There'll still be plenty of blessings for you, lad. For he is the inexhaustible fountain of life. When you plant yourself in him by this fountain, it's like the tree that's planted by the rivers of water. How glorious and how he likes to push forth his blessings to his people and give to them abundantly. This prophet going up, he said, I want a double portion of your spirit. He said, you've asked a hard thing, but keep watching me. And if you see me when I go, then it'll come up on you. Now, how would that type the church? One time there was a, a young man came up to, or a woman come up to Jesus and said, Lord, let uh, one of my sons sit on one side and one on the right hand and one on the left when you come into your kingdom. Why, he said, can you drink the cup that I drink? Persecutions, bitter drugs, death. Yes. Said, can you be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? She said, yes, Lord. He said, and you can. But the right and left hand is not mine to give. Now, Jesus said the things that I do to the church greater than you. Now, he couldn't be greater in quality. It had to be greater in quantity because he stopped nature, raised the dead, healed the sick. Everything that could be done, he did it. See, give life back to the dead and everything. So nothing could be done any greater in, in quality but uh, in quantity. These things that I do shall you and more greater shall you do for I go to my Father. Now, uh, could you imagine after that blessing being promised, this young preacher, how he kept his eyes right on Elijah. 
I tell you, if somebody said, look over here, Elijah, or some noise happened over here, Elisha kept his eyes right on Elijah. He wanted that double potion. And if you want that double potion tonight, keep your eyes on Jesus. And don't pay attention to what the devil says and what the critic says and what the unbeliever says. Keep your eyes set on Calvary. He said, Lord, you promised it. And then when a, a fiery chariots come down and horses of chariots, Elijah stepped on. And as he went up into heaven, he unbuttoned his robe or whatever it was and threw it back to Elisha. And Elisha picked up the garment and put it on his own shoulders and walked down to the Jordan. And the very same thing that Elisha had done, he doubled his garment together and struck the Jordan and said, Where is the God of Elisha? Yeah. And they parted asunder one part and the other. Elisha had done eight outstanding miracles. Elijah did. And Elisha had done 16 outstanding miracles in his days. Notice, now, as Elijah went up, Jesus promised a double portion of his spirit to the believers. The things that I do shall you also even greater. And on the day of Pentecost, when he went up on the day of the ascension, on the day of Pentecost, the same Holy Ghost was up on him, come again upon the church. And I wonder today, people who claim to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost and claim that they have kissed the rims of the cup of blessings of God... How can we hold our peace when we see things going on the way it is? It's time to take this Holy Spirit that we're anointed with and say, Where is the God that was upon Jesus Christ? Where is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob? Where is the God that was on our Lord Jesus Christ? That's the blessings. And as in that great crisis there, they had someone to turn back to. Although Elisha was gone, here was the one that poured water on his hands, that had a double potion of his spirit. So is this sick and sinful world today looking to a real church of the living God who possesses a double potion of the spirit. What can we do in this time? Brother, our answer shouldn't be who's going to be the next president or some theology. We should give to them the living God, the resurrected Lord Jesus. It goes down to find out. And Elisha perhaps sitting in there with his uh, uh, Bible or reading or scroll somewhere. I can imagine Gehazi, his servant, said, Here comes down three mighty kings coming to visit you. Now, usually one of our clergymen of the day would have went and polished up and bought a gun on his best suit and everything to go out and meet him. But not Elijah. He walked out with all of the good grammar he could have used to put it on. But Elijah walked out and they wanted to know what they must do. He said, why don't you get to the God of your mother and your father? Why'd you come to me? Oh my, he was really tearing them apart. So why'd you come to me? Why don't you get to your pagan idols? He said, if it wasn't, I respected the presence of Jehoshaphat. I wouldn't even look at you. Why? He kind of had his dandruff up as we call it, didn't he? Or his righteous indignation, as we holiness people like to call it. See? He had something all stirred up within him. He said, why, why, if I didn't respect Jehoshaphat, this righteous man, I wouldn't even look at you. And I tell you today, I believe if it wasn't for a bunch of people hungering and thirsting after God, that God would wipe this whole thing clear this very night and start over again. People are dying. Let's get them to Christ. That's why his, his mercy is lingering on long-suffering because of some righteous people who are praying and trying. Uh, the only hope that we have is in the, the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Nothing, our nations are polluted, our democracies are torn to pieces and broke up. Our, the kingdoms of this earth is torn to pieces 
But there's one kingdom that we believe that is a coming soon. The Lord Jesus Christ has set up an everlasting kingdom. And all nations of the world that saved will live in that kingdom. There will be one flag, one nation, one people speaking one language. That's the heavenly language. And, that, and that'll be the people at that time. Now, Elijah, when he was all that prophet, you know, prophets get angry sometime, or he did. So um, uh, he got all out of humor. And being out of humor, this may hurt just a little bit somewhat. <laughs> but I say it reverently now. Notice. He said, if I didn't respect Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look at you. But nevertheless, bring me a minstrel. That's some music. Now, some people criticize music in the church. But if music brought the spirit on the prophet, then it'll do the same thing today. See? Said, bring me a minstrel. And they went and got the minstrel and they began to play some real good hymn. And the prophet sat in there, I imagine, and after the minstrel played a long time and the prophet got out of his bad mood and began to thank on God, after a while, the Spirit of the Lord come on him. And when the Spirit of the Lord come on him, he began to see visions. And brother, that's what's the matter with the church today. The reason we don't see visions and have just a little narrow-minded thought is because we don't pray long enough or do something long enough until the Spirit of God comes into our midst. We used to sing the old-fashioned songs till tears run down their cheeks and sinners got saved even before the preacher got to the platform. But today we have just a, the old ritual cut-and-dried program. We got to go through this and that and the other. I'm afraid we're grieving the Spirit of God away from us. Don't you think so? Certainly is. I remember the old nights of the Methodists, or reading of it, rather. When they first come here, Asbury and John Wesley and them, when they were called holy rollers themselves. Now, you... Methodists in these big fine churches don't want to believe that, but they were. That's right. And your pastor, your founder, John Wesley, was a great believer in divine healing, too. He even gnawed his horse with oil after he broke his leg, got on it, rolled it away. <laughs> That's what he did. That's in his own notebook. I have it. That's where he's going to pray for a woman. And the horse fell and broke his leg. He couldn't get the horse up. And he seen the horse's leg was broke, took the cruise from his pocket, gnawed the horse and oil, jumped on his horse and rode away. That's right. Preach that in the Methodist church today, they throw you out your door. But that's what's got the wrong with you. You let down the bars, the sheep got out and the goats got in, and that's where your church got. And all that's exactly where we're standing today. Exactly what we need today is not a new theology. What we need today is a good old fashioned Saint Paul's revival and the Bible Holy Ghost back in among all the churches which will bring back the power of the living God to the church again. That is true. That's what the church needs today. And Elijah, I can imagine then the minister will begin to pray and the spirit come up on the prophet. Then when the spirit got on him, he was a man all riled up and ready to tear into this Jerome and some of these uh, kings standing there and talk back to them. But when the spirit of the Lord come up on him, he began to see visions, begin to see something. You come to the church at night and say, oh, I didn't see nothing. Just a bunch of psychology. The reason you don't let the spirit of the Lord get on you, you let the spirit of the Lord get on you, you'll see something. That's right. Usually you get what you, you come to see. If you come to criticize, the devil will show you enough to criticize. You come to see the Lord, God will see it, you see it. You usually get what you expect to see. That's right. So you just expect the Spirit of the Lord to come on you and show you His resurrected power and signs and wonders, and you'll see it, and you'll get it. And Elijah, when the Spirit of the Lord come on him, he saw a vision. He said, now, when the vision comes, salvation come to the kings at that time. For the Holy Spirit had spoke to the prophet at that time. 
He said, now go out here. You're not going to hear any wind. You're not going to see any rain. But I want you to dig a whole lot of ditches. And all in the morning, about the time of the sacrifice, they'll be filled with water. So to dig a whole lot of ditches. Now they sent, went back and got every man. I can imagine getting him a shovel and getting started. Right out in that hot burning desert, but dig ditches for water. You're not going to hear any sound of wind. You're not going to see any rain falling. But yet there's going to be water. Now how is there going to be water in this burning sandy desert? How could you imagine going in the middle of Mojave Desert in the midst of August and digging a trench and there's not going to be any sound of rain, there isn't going to be any sound of wind, but yet the trench is going to be filled up full of water. Why? God said so. That's exactly why. He just makes the carnal mind foolish in his sight and brings to pass and to knock those things which seems to be so real to the carnal mind. And he takes those things which seems foolish to the carnal mind and makes them real. Right out in the middle of that desert now, start digging ditches. Well, every man dug his ditch. Well, now, depend on how much water that fellow got for himself and for his cattle, for his horses. Depend how dig how bigger ditch he dug. Because the ditch was going to be filled full. I can imagine seeing him start digging. That's what we ought to be doing tonight, is doing some digging, getting ready for an old-fashioned pouring out one of these days. And I can see the fellow dig the first thing you know. He throw out a few shovelfuls. He hit a big old clinker. What was it? He pulled it out, some big old tin pan of some sort, looked down there at it, and here's what it was. One of the members of the church said, now, looky here, John, I know you're sick, but if you go over there, the days of miracles has passed. As long as you let that old tin pan lay in the ditch, you'll never be able to fill water. Throw the thing out so water can take its place. Water represents life. You dig on down there, and here comes somebody saying, now, be careful, it's mental telepathy. I know a many one lost his life trusting in such stuff as that. Just dig the thing out. Deeper you dig, the more water you'll have. And that's what we need tonight is a good old-fashioned getting rid of all the little old spooks and things the devil throws around you. Open up both arms and say, God, send down a rushing mighty wind. Fill my soul full of thy waters of life. Because this one thing the prophet knew it out in that wilderness one time when Israel passed through there, not many years before there, that rock was still in the wilderness out there. And that rock had, could produce that water. And the same rock that was in the wilderness is right here tonight in the form of the Holy Spirit to bring forth waters of life to every hungry, parching soul, sin, sick, or dying, and cancer, whatever you are. God's here to produce the waters of life for you. It's already smitten. It's running. Dig out your ditch. Throw all the unbelief out. For the Bible said, Whosoever will, let him come and drink of the waters of life freely. If he's Methodist, Baptist, Catholic, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, whosoever will, let him drink freely of the Spirit of God. Amen. Then I noticed the next morning when the Moabites looked, the whole ditches was full of water and the sun coming up, reflecting on it, made it. It was water to the Israelites just a drinking and having a wonderful time, but it was blood to them over there. So they said, we'll run right down. And there was an ambush, and they drove them Moabites, plumbed to the walls, cut down their cities. And another thing, each man carried a rock in his hand and stopped up every well that they had. Uh, what we need to do tonight is to dig enough ditch to we can get enough water to get enough spirit about us to rise up and trust God and take the rock of a good old-fashioned testimony stop up some of these old farmer wells around here says the days of miracles has passed. Go rejoicing and praising God. It's what we need tonight. Don't you believe that? My time has passed. Oh, my. When I come to Chicago again, I want to have more time. I just love the Lord. 
thinking of his goodness and his power. Hearing this little brother Egbert here a while ago preach that, or in preaching it and singing rather, the one settled on the highway begging, then Jesus came, the maniac cutting himself with rocks, then Jesus came. Reminds me of down in Arkansas here some years ago. I was at Little Rock, Arkansas in a meeting and there was a, we was up like something on order of this in the auditorium and there was a basement beneath and Mr. G.H. Uh, Brown, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, a pastor there of uh, Apostolic Church, 505 Victor Street, if you'd like to write him for the testimony. And he said to me, he said, Brother Branham, you might have seen in many a sight, but you've never seen nothing like it's down in the basement. I said, what is it? That's a woman, a maniac, said you ought to see her. So when I got a little space time between the time of preaching and uh, the sick, praying for the sick, I went down the basement to see the woman. They'd put her in there. And she just about tore up the church when they brought her in or the building where they were at. And they had her down there and some, her husband standing on the, the steps as you went out, a very typical old Arkansas brother, his shirt patched and everything, as they going down the steps. And I said, how do you do, sir? He said, you're Brother Branham. I said, I am. And he said, I was just listening to your sermon through the PA system. And I said, it's your wife that's sick? He said, yes, sir. said, she's been in the insane institution for two years now. I said, well, that's too bad. He said, Brother Branham, she's a good woman. said, we got five little children. Got one child here about three years old and said, the doctor give her a shot. And run her crazy. Something was wrong. That was a doctor's mistake. Nothing said about that, but... But anyhow, I'm not criticizing the doctor, but sometimes medicine kills too, the same as it helps, you see. But uh, that's all. Some time ago, there was some woman, Christian science woman, trusted the Lord for her baby, and it died in California. All across the nation, within 24 hours' time, every paper, magazine, oh, you see it? You see what I mean? See what I mean? There it is. It's it, uh, divine healing. You can't trust it. See there what it is? That's what it does. That baby died. Well, they're always trying to point somebody to someone who went a little too far, and they never think about the one that didn't go far enough. Listen, the, there's an old saying, and, it's, and I don't mean it for an expression of this, but sauce for the goose is for the gander. At the same time that that woman was, that paper was going across this nation, there was 10,000 died under medical treatment. So if you have to brand one not to be trusted, then let's brand the other not to be trusted. That's right. So I would do both and say, trust the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's right. As, uh, but there you are. So at the, this time, the doctor gave her a shot for premature menopause. And it had gone to her head and she had been in the institution 10 years. And so they would, she was in a terrible shape. And uh, I looked over on the floor and there she was laying out there. They had her dressed in a way that she hadn't been off her back for two years. Her, her limbs were sticking right up like this, arms and legs. And she was bleeding all over her limbs and arms. And I said, what's she bleeding about? I said, Brother Branham, said, I, I had to bring her down here tonight, said, in a car, said the ambulance wouldn't dare to bring her. And I had a brother and his four of us come and got in the car and one drove and said, she kicked all the glasses out of his car. So that's what I said, mine. said, Brother Branham, we got a little baby home. Said, I, I said, I've sold my mules. I've sold everything and I've given her all the treatments that they could and the shock treatments and said, there she lays in that condition. And said, I, I don't know, said, I heard of a woman being healed. That was that woman from Meridian, Brother, um, uh, Brother Jack, that was healed out of the institution 10 years at the insane institution. So I said, well, uh, 
I just brought her over and I said, well, I will pray for her, brother. And I stepped off the steps like that and started out. He said, oh, brother Branham, don't go out there. He said, she'd kill you. And I said, oh, I think not. I was just the boy then. And um, so I walked out there and she acted like she was holding her hand out to me like that. And I said, how'd he do? And she never just batting her eyes, laying there real glassy looking. And I took over her hand to shake her hand. And if God hadn't have been with me, the man would have been right. She gave me a great big pull like that. And my pe- people that's possessed with the evil spirit is ten times almost their power. And if the devil with full possession of a person can make them that many times stronger than their natural strength, what will God do when he's got full possession of you like that? What could he do? You make the crippled arms come out straight. You make the person never walk, walk again. You make the sight push through that cataract under you can see natural again. And why he's powerful and wonderful. All powers in heavens and earth belongs to him. And this woman, in that condition, she gave me a big jerk and my foot here just caught right across her bosom or she would have just threw me across the floor. And I jerked, jerked my hand loose and I, I, I run back and jumped up on the step and here she come following me, dragging her body, making good time chasing me like a serpent across the floor. Just drag, drag like that. And she pulled right up close and a blowing just like a snake. Well, I looked at her and I thought, I have never seen anything like that. And so then she turned around and put her great big strong limbs against the wall and kicked like that. And there's a bench sitting there and she hit her head against the bench and, and a piece flew off of it and the blood come out of her head. Hair was left on there and she was laughing real hideously like he, he, he. And I said, my. And she took that piece of board in her hand and threw it at her husband. Just knocked a plaster from the wall. And um, I said, well, that's terrible. I said, well, he said, Brother Brandon, you see what I mean? said, is there anything can be done? And he started crying, put his head over on my shoulder. And I said, yes, sir, Jesus Christ can heal her. He said, well, Brother Branham, he said, what must I do? I said, just believe. I said, I'm, I can stand here and pray for her. If you, I'm, I'll tell you, I don't know whether to go out and put my hands on her again or not. I said, but if you will believe that, that uh, Jesus will make her well, I'll pray for him right here. He said, Brother Branham. I will believe. And about that time, she turned around and said, William Branham, you ain't got nothing to do with me. I brought her here. While her husband said, Brother Branham, what's happened to her? So that's the first word she's spoken two years. Said she don't even know her own name. She don't know nothing. I said, that's not her. That's that demon. See, that's him speaking out. See, I said, see, that's why. And he said, well, I'm alarmed. And I said, it is alarming. I said, just have faith now and let's put our arms around each other. And I raised up to heaven. I said, Heavenly Father, I pray that you will heal the woman. And Satan, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you leave her. He said, what must I do? I went on back upstairs. He said, what must I do? I said, take her on back to the institution. See what they say about it. What do you believe? He said, I believe if that other woman got well, my wife will too. I said, that's the way to do it. That's it. And then about three weeks later, four, I was... Up at Jonesboro, Arkansas, and I was in a, a tabernacle, and I had one or two nights service there, and I kept seeing somebody waving at me, sitting out like that. And I never noticed them, and whole lot of little children there, and they kept waving. After a while, the lady just couldn't stand it anymore. She said, Brother Branham, don't you know me? And I said, No, ma'am. She said, Last, so this is the first time I remember seeing you. She said, I was on my back over here at Little Rock. I said, you're not the lady. Her husband said, let me tell it, honey. <laughs> so he got up and the little children with their arms around their mother and all of them. 
He said, they take her back to the, to the institution, never had a bit of trouble with her. The next morning when they went to look at her, she was setting up. Three days later, she was dismissed normal in her right mind. And uh, not long ago, Brother Moore and I was down in San Bernardino, California, and I was relating that before several thousand people. And the lady raised up and said, don't you still remember me, Brother Ram? Her and her husband. And they sold their farm and he's preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes... All things that's wrong straightens out and becomes right. So let's ask him to come tonight. Our lovely one. When he was sure on earth the things that he did, he knew what was wrong with the people. He said, I can do nothing until the Father shows me. Uh, St. John five nineteen. When they questioned about all those cripples, why he didn't heal them and so forth. He healed one man laying on a pallet. Well, the Father showed him where the man was and told him what to do. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing, and what the Father doeth, that doeth the Son likewise. He, a woman touched his garment, run out into the audience, and Jesus knew that virtue is strength that went from him. He turned around and looked at her and said, Thy faith has saved thee. He's the same lovely Father tonight. Don't you believe that? Amen. Shall we pray to him just a moment? Merciful Father, as we bow our heads now, thanking thee for those great characters of the Bible, how that those men came down and needed help, and you've never left yourself without a testimony. And tonight, the blessed Holy Spirit is here as a testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord said to us before he left, the things that I do shall you also even more, for I go to my Father. The very same kind of works. He said, a little while the world will see me no more, yet you shall see me. And he said that he would be with us, even in us, to the end of the world. We're thankful tonight that we believe it and see the marks and results of him being here. And now, Father, as this church and your humble servant at the platform here, as we submit ourselves to you, we believe that the Holy Spirit will come and take over every person in the building and manifest your love in so much that you'll save all the unsaved tonight. Bring back to the Father's house those who have wandered away like the prodigal, grant it, Lord. And to your poor, sick, needy children, may every one of them be healed tonight. I pray in Jesus Christ, God's beloved Son, his name I ask it. Amen. Now, we shall call the prayer line and pray for the sick. May the Holy Spirit at this time take full charge of the meeting and get glory out of it. Now, ask That everyone be as reverent as can be and then just let the Holy Spirit come in. Don't, don't be suspicious. And, and don't, that just hurts so bad. Do you realize that you are an individual unit of God yourself? Did you know that? If I, they tell me I look like my father and uh, he is about my size and, and uh, why? That's my father. Well, if we're Christians, then we'll have some mark of our Heavenly Father. Don't you think so? Our spirit will take on that reverence that he would have in, his, in the meeting where he was being glorified. To the many, maybe tonight for your first come, first time in one of our services, it may be a little different than what you have in church as you see the Holy Spirit moving. And I, I pray that that you will not be a, a critic, though. That you'll be kind. And just 
read the scriptures and see the things that you see taking place, whether it is scriptural or not. See whether God has promised this or not. We wouldn't dare to say one thing unless first it comes out of here. This is God's program in the Bible. Now, sometimes theologians has misinterpreted, but now they have tried to bypass all the phenomenal, all the things that that's the reason the gospel, the Christianity is one of the lowest religions today. Mohammed outshines it by millions. See, Christianity is low. Why? Because we have failed to do what Jesus told us. He said, go into all the world and demonstrate the power of the Holy Ghost to all peoples. These signs shall follow them into all the world. My name, they shall cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. If they take up uh, serpents or drink daily things, they wouldn't harm them. If they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. That was the great and last commission, the last words that fell from the Savior's lips. And I know that his commission is true. He said, now the things like he did it, we would do it also. For what is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? It's Jesus Christ in spirit form. A little while in the world seeth me no more. Yet you will see me, for I, personal pronoun, will be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. And we see Jesus tonight. The same Jesus doing the same things he did then. Preaching the gospel. Making manifest the power of God. Visions being showed him. Doing what the Father tells him to do. Now, I haven't called a prayer line, have I? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see, what was them you, teas, wasn't it, you give out yesterday? Teas. All right, I believe we taken along, we just take a few at a time. I believe we was along about 35 or 50 up to there last night, I believe what it was, 35 to 50. Let's take from 85 to 100 then tonight. That'll be the last part for them. 85 to 100. And now, who has prayer card T85? Would you just raise your hand and say, I have it, T85, the lady. 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, on to 100. Let them come first and, and stand in the row over here, and we'll pray with them. Look around the ushers. Uh, Brother Moore, will you go down and help Billy and some of the ushers to find out if these people, some of them may not be able to get up. They may be crippled. They may be blind or deaf, and they can't hear their number call. We'd be glad if they... They would help them get. And now, how many in the building tonight that doesn't have a prayer card, and yet you want the Lord Jesus to heal you? Let's see your hand. You have no way of getting in this line, but you want the Lord Jesus to heal you. All right. And up in the balcony. My, I am almost in notion to have some night uh, a line just to pass the people through to pray for them. And um, there's so many to be prayed for. How many would like that one night? Let's see your hand. I am going to someday. I'm sure that I have put too much of the meeting on the phenomenal and just let the people have faith. What I'm scared of is I would take something off of someone that God had put on for punishment. And if I'd take it off, then it would be uh, God would make me settle with him. Remember Moses? <laughs> Moses, what he did there, he had power to do it. And he smote the rock when God told him not to do it. But God taken him up and wouldn't let him come in the promised land. I sure want to go over, don't you? I, I, I want to be sure that I know what I'm doing. And then I, what he says, then I know that is right. And I'm trusting to God for everyone. But here, this type of ministry in America, while they're getting a, a prayer, see if they got all of them over there, 
If they haven't, and maybe if we have a little time left, we'll call somewhere else in, in there and get some more people up. It doesn't matter how many stands up. Sometimes I don't get to three or four or five. Sometimes I get to 50 in a night. Depends on how faith runs. But now, dear Christians, I'm still receiving letters of criticism because of weakness. I can't help it. Honest, I can't. It's something that the Lord Jesus does. And do you know if he... Be, Christ was God. Do you know that? What is the word Christ? It means the anointed one. And God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Do you believe that? Well, if just a, a virtue would go from him, the immortal son of God, what would it do to a poor lost sinner saved by grace like me? See? So I... But on next time coming to Chicago, it'll be a different meeting. Uh, in Africa, India, anywhere, call one person to the platform or let the Holy Spirit reveal something out there. The entire group will do anything that you tell them to do. And at Durban, Africa that day, as witnesses are sitting here, Brother Statscliffe, our chaplain friend, he's sitting here somewhere. He's on the platform with me a few moments ago. He was there to know after a man had been walk like a dog and when he was raised up and made whole by a vision that the Lord had showed told him who he was all about it 25,000 people except or 30,000 people accepted Christ at one time as their savior and Dr. F.F. F. Bosworth who just left this afternoon for Japan spoke this afternoon a very true man and I know wouldn't say anything unless it was absolutely the truth he said Brother Branham there was at least 25,000 people healed in that one prayer that you prayed. But in America, when we see that, well, Dr. Jones said it was psychology. Somebody else said it was mental telepathy. And we, we get reasons why we're just tossed about by every wind of doctrine. One says this and one says that. Friends, examine it in the light of the Bible. If the Bible says so, it's true. If it doesn't, it isn't true. Now, may the Lord bless and I think they're getting some handkerchiefs ready here to be prayed for. And any time that you lose your handkerchief or something, it would desire to this stuff go with me. Then, when if you lose your handkerchiefs and would want to, um, just write me at Jeffersonville, Indiana, and I'd be glad to send it to you. Now, shall we pray for these poor, sick, needy people? Uh, the kindness of our Lord Jesus here here sets. Right on 3,000 people, perhaps, eyes have trained towards this platform. No doubt, but many skeptics, many people, their hearts are thrilled, they're firm believers. Some are in curiosity seeking, and they're watching to see just what will take place after we have said that Jesus has risen from the dead and doing the same things that he did while he was here in flesh, working through the flesh of his church, as he promised. It's because it's to fulfill the word of God. And in, immediately after his resurrection, he appeared unto a man named Paul. And they seen that he was a, a great man of, of God. He saw visions. And God honored his prayer and healed the sick. He couldn't get to them all, so he taken from his body handkerchiefs and aprons that went to the sick and needy. And God, we are told by the sacred writings, which is infallible, 
that evil spirits went out of the people yeah. and diseases were healed. Glory, glory. And Lord, we realize that we're not St. Paul tonight, but we're, you are still the Lord Jesus saving us sinners like he was. And I pray that you will heal every one that Hallelujah. these handkerchiefs go to. Lord. Watch over them, Father, to their final destination. Yes, and heal those little sick babies and mothers and daddies and yes. daughters and sons, wherever they go. May the blessings of God, like that followed in the days when Paul taken them from his body, and when they go from this body of believers tonight, may the same signs and wonders accompany yes, them. For God's glory, we ask that in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. The Lord add his blessings to you. Now, Christians, positionally, you realize where I am standing. Stand yourself here. And now I'm asking, if you are just a little skeptic, please move over in the other room tonight and believe just a little. Be reasonable. Just say, let's come reason together, saith the Lord. Watch what the Lord Jesus did in the days when he was here on earth. And look what he promised, the very same things that we would do. Could you imagine what he would do if he is standing here now? As far as healing people, he'd say, I've already did that when I died at Calvary. You say, I'm a sinner, I want you to save me. He'd say, I did that when I died at Calvary. Do you accept it now? See? I healed you when I died at Calvary. I was wounded for your transgressions. With my stripes you were healed. He can't do it doubly. He's got to do it once and it's already finished. It's settled forever. Now the only thing he can do now, or I can do rather, is point you to him. That's all. He's the healer. He's already did it. Just look at the sovereign grace of God. What he's already did. And now if it would be me or you... You would say, if they can't take my word for it, let them go on. But not God. He sends gifts into the church. He, he persuades. He's not willing for any to perish. See, And he sends then signs of healing and miracles and everything among the people trying to get them to believe. Now let's just push our church doctrine to one side. Look straight into the Bible and see what the Bible says. And then see if Jesus, how many in here believes, as Christian believers, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead? Let's see. Thank you. If you believe he raised from the dead, then I want to ask you, does the scripture say that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Does he do that? Did he say the things that I do shall you also? I go unto my Father. And he said also that he could do nothing till the Father showed him a vision what to do. Is that right? Now, if he's raised from the dead, he'll do the same thing tonight. Now, that's my contention tonight, that he has raised from the dead. And when this service is over, perhaps I'll be weakened, not know when it ends. But I pray that as you leave the doors tonight, it won't be as a critic. But you'll go sing like them who come from Emmaus. Did not our hearts burn within us? You know why their hearts burn? They walk with Jesus all day long over there. But he'd done something kind of peculiar that other man didn't do it that way. And they know it was him. Is that right? Now I pray. Look this away Christians. You've been to church. You've been saved. You've got the blessings of God with you. You people from your fine churches around Chicago. But I pray that our Lord Jesus will do something just a little different tonight. That will make you know that he's raised from the dead like those from Emmaus. And may you return to your home saying our hearts are burning within us. That's my prayer. And now Holy Spirit. Behold your servant, Lord, I have preached the best that I know how to tell the people that you have risen from the dead and your compassion and mercy is just as great for them today as it was then. And realizing that your hands tonight is our hands. And 
You only have hands as we had them. You only have, as we submit ourselves to you and take our own selves out of the picture, you can work with us. I pray that you will do it with your humble servant for the glory of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and for the fulfilling of his word in this generation. Amen. Now, may the Lord Jesus... Did you get them all lined up, Billy Paul? All right. Would you come, lady? Now, to you people coming in the line... Remember this, and to out in the audience, whatever he says, do. And now, at this time, the, many of you has got the picture. I wish that you could, not to, in order to sell the picture, but that you could all get that picture and get that right up. It's marvelous. Now, that same being that the scientific world has recognized to be a supernatural being, at the day of the judgment, when I will stand before every one of you, it isn't standing three feet from where I am right now. Now, it hasn't come into me yet, but it's standing here, and it will perhaps in a few moments. It's the one who does the discerning. May the Lord bless. Now, he is here. Thanks be to the Lord. Now, uh, lady, you being uh, the first one here to the platform tonight, I am a stranger to you, supposingly. Now, when our Lord went up to, he was going to Jericho. And he went up the way of Samaria to, um, for a purpose. He said he did as the Father told him. And then sitting there, he come in contact with a Samaritan woman. Be like a, a colored woman would be tonight. See, and, and he said, bring me a drink. And otherwise, the Jews didn't have any dealings with the Samaritans. And they said, why, it's not customary for you to have any dealings. They have no... But he let them know that that race bound was broken. Amen. He said... He said, if you only knew who you were talking to, you would ask me for a drink. And the conversation went on. She realized that she was standing with some great person. And then after a while, after he talked to her while catching her human spirit, he saw where her trouble was, for he was the king of seers. And he said, go get your husband. She said, I have now. I said, you have five. He went right straight to her trouble. Now, if he had raised the dead... You're standing here for some purpose. I do not know. I have no way of knowing. You're just a woman that's walked up here. But he does, doesn't he? Well, if he, if I have preached the gospel and said the right things about him, and uh, I said that he told me to go do this for a witness of his resurrection, then if he does do that, then you've heard my words. Then if he says it, then that's his word. Is that right? And you, you have a right to doubt my word until he speaks and says it's the truth. Is that right? The audience has the same way. You have a right to doubt my word. But when he says anything, you have no right to doubt him. It'd be sin to doubt him. Go and sin no more or worse things come on you. Now, you realize, sister, I, I'm a grammar school, seventh grade student. I, I am not a psychiatrist. I am, I am God's servant. And that's, that's true. I do not read people's minds as people say, why would sin and things be brought up and things that they forgotten about years ago? And they're not thinking of those things. But Jesus did the same thing. See? And they said he was Beelzebub, so I couldn't expect to be called anything less, could I? But you're here tonight as a believer. Amen. You're here acknowledging now, knowing that you're in his presence. Not mine, your brother, but his. Now, you are... They're suffering with a nervous condition. You're an extremely nervous person. Then you're appending an operation. 
which is a large tumor, and it's located in the stomach inwardly. Those things are true. That was not my voice. That was him. Now, if he's standing here to do that, would you accept him now as your healer? Would you come yes, here just... And Heavenly Father, as your spirit is here and the woman realizes that you're near, I pray that you will heal her and may the enemy go from her. I say for it to go as I come to challenge this enemy in the name of Jesus Christ who defeated Satan at Calvary and stripped him of every privilege he had. Come out of the woman, Satan, through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Have faith. Believe with all your heart. You shall receive. Now, everyone, just reverent as you can be. Would you come forward, lady, just a little closer? Um, I want you close enough that when the, that anointing will come between us. See, there's a great group of people pulling out there, calling, you know, and that makes it leave me many times. And the reason I wanted to keep in the line, if I could, for a while, till the bigger part of the line was finished, if possible. Now, we are strangers to each other. We do not know each other. But the Lord Jesus knows us both. Now, if he was standing here talking to you, he would know your life just as the Father would reveal it. Is that true? And he promised that his seers would do the same thing that he did. Is that right? The things that I do. And then God set some in the church as as prophets, some apostles, and some teachers, and some evangelists, and some pastors, all for the perfecting of the church. You believe that? I'm only talking to you to get you quiet. You're just a little shaky standing here. But nothing is to harm you. It's all to do good. My dear sister, as you realize that something is moving to you now, that picture that you see, that's what's between us now. That milky halo of God's grace and I see you moving from me you are in a danger serious condition you have uh, got cancer and the cancer is all through you then you have I see a doctor giving some sort of a, a test or examination he's moving on the uh, something about the right lung the right lung has a cloud it's tubercular in the right lung You've come from away from here. You're from a city that I, of Indiana, Kokomo, Indiana. Come near. Almighty God, the meal offering of this day to the church, this poor dying mortal standing here, realizing that a supernatural being is moving through mortal flesh just at this time to reveal the secrets of the hearts of the people and to make known what is truth. And Father, I ask you to be merciful. And as your servant Elijah placed in that pot the meal offering, it changed it from death to life. I lay my hands upon this woman in the name of Jesus Christ. May his spirit change this death to life and may she live for your glory. I condemn the enemy. And ask that it goes from her and she lives through Jesus, the Son of God, for his glory. Amen.
God bless you, sister. Go rejoice now. Write me your testimony. Have faith in God. Do not doubt. Only believe. Sir, he was hearing your prayer. You were praying for God to let me say something to you because you had not a chance to get in the prayer line. You suffer with a rupture. Stand up on your feet now. This man here at the end of the row. Stand up. Your rupture goes from you now, sir. You can return to your home. He heard your prayer. Your faith has healed you. Jesus Christ is merciful to you. God bless you. Is this the... How do you do? You believe that the things that you are seeing done comes from the Lord God. You believe that His presence is the anointing that you feel now. You believe that that is Him. I am a stranger to you. I do not know you. As far as I know, we're strangers to each other. We are. And you're suffering with a heart trouble. You have a heart condition and and you're from out of town. You're from uh, Iowa, I believe. Is that right? And you, I see you in a place, a hospital or some sort. Of, I see it repeat twice. It's two operations you went under. And one of them you had an accident in. The doctor did. He punctured the bladder. That is true. Come near. Merciful Father... As our sister stands tonight, here under the anointing of Jehovah God, who raised up His Son Christ Jesus to declare these things in this wicked, adulterous generation we're living in, I pray, God, that You'll take sickness and disease from her body and make her well. I condemn this evil as I lay my hands upon her and ask for her healing through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. Amen. God bless you, my sister. You, you know that something has happened, don't you? See, sister, that's where the victory is. See, I'm just your brother. But now, I don't remember just what the vision was because it leaves me immediately. I'll pick it on the tape recording. But, see, what it was, whatever he told you, was something I knew nothing of. Things that's happened or something or other that was nothing of. And I knew nothing of. But you know that was true, don't you? It was. It's absolutely infallible truth. Well, then, if a spirit is on me to make me see those things, then if you believe that it is the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, these signs shall follow them. If they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. You've got to get well, haven't you? Now, you are healed. You are healed. Whatever's wrong with you, it's all white around you now, and you can return to your home rejoicing and happy and praising God. God bless you. Bring the How do you do? 
You're trying to believe, sister, sitting there with that little red thing around your neck. I've seen it, him by you in the last two or three minutes. I've seen him near you. Now that you are suffering, the lady sitting right in front of you suffering with the same thing. I don't know what it is to this time. But the Lord Jesus can reveal it to me, can't he? You're praying, trying to have faith. Yes, it's hardening of the artery. That's right. The lady in front of you has the same thing. Isn't that right, lady? See them demons pulling one to another? It's just like a black streak going one from another. Now, you raise your hand up, lady, in the front seat. The one in the, the, the lady with the white jacket on. Do you catch her by the hand, sister? You in the back seat. Lay your hand over on each other. Kind Heavenly Father... I pray now as those demons trying to think they could escape the, the damnation of the wrath of God that will come upon them. They can't do it. Come out of the woman, thou evil spirit. I adjure thee to go in Jesus Christ's name. May you go. Amen. Now, my sisters, I cannot tell you at this time, but it... The thing that pulled me to you, your faith, the darkness that was hanging over you has left both of you. Go now and God be with you and make you well. How do you do? You're the lady that's, this is the lady to be prayed for. Supposingly we are strangers to each other, aren't we, sister? You know me, but I don't know you. But our Lord Jesus knows us both. He's fed us all of our life. You come to me as to get help for something. There's no doubt. But what you are a Christian. You are a Christian. And I know that you wouldn't come here for no other purpose but in needy or some way being a Christian. Now, I see someone near you. It's uh, someone you're wanting to be healed. It's a great favorite. It's a girl. It's, It's your daughter. And she's suffering with a gland trouble. Then you, I see a great space of time move and there's a, someone near, it's a, connected with a church somewhere. It's a, it's a minister's wife. And she's suffering with diabetes. And that's in Ohio. Yes, that's right. Come here. This handkerchief is for her. Father, I pray that as you look down on the scenes, I ask that you heal these, Lord, and bless who the handkerchiefs are represented to, and may they be made completely whole in the name of thy dear child, Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't fear. Lay it upon them, and everything will be all right. Don't doubt at all. Just have faith. Believe with all your heart, and the Lord bless. Now, are you believing? With all your heart. Sister, sitting there looking at me, suffering with arthritis. Your faith has saved you now. You can go home and be well. God bless you. Would you bring the... How do you do, young man? Do you believe me to be the servant of God? Many other servants are here, but I am his servant. 
immediately. There's a spirit pulling from this young man. This boy's in trouble, and he's deeply in trouble. This boy is suffering with a mental disorder. You have just come from an institution, and I see him giving you some kind of a, it's a shock treatment. They give you shock treatments, and you have a phobia, and that is you see a face before you all the time. And it's, uh, it's your mother's face that you see. You're a married man. You have a wife and two children. Jesus Christ that come along and delivered the man in Gadaria is sure tonight to deliver you from this and take that phobia from you and drive the devil from you that you can return to your home well. Do you believe that? you believe that he sent me to do this for you? Would you bow your heads and be reverent? This is very treacherous and dangerous. Keep your head bowed. Do you hear my voice say, raise your head? Come here, young man. Before I ask this blessing, I'm going to ask you something. Will you obey me as his servant and do as I tell you to do? You're going to get well. The time of deliverance is at hand. This is the devil doing this, young man. He would drive you stark mad, keep you that way the rest of your life. But God can restore you in your right mind and right mental conditions. I see another thing. You've been to psychiatrists. They see somebody trying to talk to you. But that's not the idea. It takes more than that for you. It takes the power of the living God. You understand me? If you don't, you will in a moment. Bow your head in reverence and believe that God raised up His Son, Jesus, to deliver you. Heavenly Father, this young man standing here, fine-looking young fellow, standing here in the statue of young manhood, and Satan has come to him to tear up his home, break up his family, and drive this young man out into the wilds. But, oh, God, who made the heavens and earth, who created all things through Christ Jesus. I come as your servant in a prayer of faith for this young man, knowing that just now he can't have faith for himself because of his conditions. Lord, hear the prayer of your servant. And Satan is haunting at him and making his life a misery. But the Lord Jesus that set the maniac free, that was far beyond this boy. You can make this boy well tonight. And Satan, you've bound him. You've escaped the psychiatrist. You've escaped the medical treatments. But you can't escape the power of God. Come out of him. In the name of Jesus Christ. Go from him. Young man, look here now. It's over. You're healed. Don't smoke anymore. Live like a real Christian. Go giving God praise. And sing His praises day and night. Raise up your hands and give Him thanks for your healing. Thank you, sir. You feel all right now, don't you? The boy said he's feeling fine now. Everything's gone. And when it went, an evil spirit went that way. God in heaven knows I am not a fanatic. It will be judged at the day of judgment. The thing whirled past out of the boy going in that direction. It even felt like a wind going like that when it left him. The evil powers left the boy. Go get to your wife and family and rejoice and be happy. Rejoice in the Lord. Bring the lady. The first time visible that I've seen an evil thing leave someone for a long time. It passed by like a bat like that going from one side. Um, Look here, lady. Do you believe with all your heart? And the Lord Jesus Christ be merciful to us all. And may the blood of His Son, the Lord Jesus, cover us and shield us from all evil powers. Jesus is wonderful. Be merciful, God, is my prayer. All right, lady. 
you are suffering with a tremendous female trouble. You have been to a doctor. He's given you an examination and is going to operate on you. And all the female organs entirely are infected and must be taken out. That's what your doctor said. What do you think the Lord Jesus thinks about it tonight? Come near. Almighty God, who raised up Jesus Christ from the dead, hear the prayer of your servant tonight. And I ask that in Jesus Christ's name that the evil leaves this woman and she is made well for God's glory. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go being happy and rejoicing and praising the Lord Jesus Christ. Just a moment. Sir, sitting back there, you have a breaking out like itch on your hands and on your body. You got a growth on your eye also. You believe the Lord makes you well? Stand up and wave your hands. Your faith heals you then, my brother. You go home well. God bless you. A lady sitting right behind you, her faith caught just as I spoke to you. She's suffering with a high blood pressure. You believe the Lord Jesus heals you there, lady? I see a doctor put something around your arm and let it go down like that. It's very serious. Stand to your feet. Jesus Christ will make you well. Do you believe it? Then go home and be made well for God's glory. Lady, you believe you were healed for you sat down in that chair a few minutes ago? If you do go on your road rejoicing, Father, in Jesus' name, liberate the woman and let her go happy and rejoicing through Jesus Christ. Don't doubt. Go believing with all your heart. All right. Do you believe, sister? If you believe with all your heart, you never have to have the operation for that tumor. It will leave you. Do you believe it? In the name of the Lord Jesus, may she be healed for God's glory. Grant now with all your heart a serious case cancer that kills a person you believe Jesus Christ is going to heal you that cancer right now you believe that you're standing in his presence that his anointing is here and to obey his commandments lay hands on you and the cancer will die and you'll live granted in Jesus Christ's name may the woman be healed for God's glory amen God bless you sister go happy and rejoicing believing with all your heart look sister Do you believe with all your heart? Have faith. It is too bad, but it's lost. You're, you're, you had arthritis, didn't you, lady? Oh, sister, why didn't you leave that lady set another minute? All right, go on your road rejoicing. You're healed now. The arthritis has left you. you stomp your feet up down so they can see it. Hey! Yeah. Yeah. You would never go blind. You would be healed if you believe on the Lord Jesus with all your heart, do you? Your sight going dim. Your nerves got a female trouble. Come here just a moment. Lord Jesus, I pray that this evil will leave her and let it come from her and may she be made completely whole. 
thou evil spirit that's bound this lady, deafened her ears, give her all this trouble, I pray that you come out of her and leave her in Jesus Christ's name. Come out. Not just a moment. Which one of your ears was the verse? Well, this is the one I don't hit you now. You hear me now? Yes, sir. You hear me now? Yes. Yes. Now, your other troubles is gone too. Your hearing is normal. And you're healed. You can go on your road rejoicing. Have faith in God. Believe with all your heart. And you shall receive anything you ask for. I just a moment. I see a teeny baby. It's a baby. And the baby is uh, uh, it's either a little Mexican baby or dark-complected. And the little baby has a rupture. That's it. That's the baby. It's not the baby's just above you. Lady, look this way to me. Your baby is ruptured. You believe me to be God's prophet? You're a Catholic too, aren't you? By faith, you're a Catholic. I see you with a bead saying a Hail Mary. There's someone sitting behind a man sitting near you there. And he's, a, he's got a daughter that's got a rupture sitting right back there. And he's, that's right, a daughter. I see the ruptures of a young woman. Now, let's bow our heads. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Son of God, author of everlasting life, giver of every good gift, send thy mercies upon these people and make them well. I ask this blessing and condemn the enemy in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, grant it. Amen. Go and repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, calling upon the name of the Lord. Your baby is going to get well. Praise you believe me as the prophet of the Lord? Sir... Quickly, one of the things that's bothering you, I perceive at this moment, you're your the greatest need you have, you're having trouble in your legs. Isn't that right? Seems like a fever likes coming to your legs. It's bad. And you also, the greatest need is the need of the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Isn't that right? You're a sinner. And you haven't accepted Christ. You're coming to ask Him for a blessing before you ask of Him. Will you at this hour, and telling you this, you smoke too, you see. And now that's making a, a, a nerve condition in your legs that's doing this. Will you accept Jesus as your Savior now and let Him heal you before them legs becomes chalk and paralyzes? Will you accept Him now as your, as your healer or your Savior? You believe that He will forgive your sins at this time and He'll heal you right here. Do you accept Him? You do. Turn to the audience as a confession that you now accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. He accepts Jesus Christ as Savior. Now, Heavenly Father, upon the confession of this man and upon his faith in Thee, he now is a newborn babe just coming to You. And the enemy has bound his body and is trying to paralyze his legs. I condemn the devil. That's bad done this. And I adjure thee, Satan, by the living God, that you leave this man and depart from him. He is God's servant now. You can't hold him longer. Come out of him. In the name of Jesus Christ. Raise your feet up and down. It's gone now. Raise up your hands and say, praise the Lord. And go off the praise platform. The praise the Lord. Now go off the platform. The Let's say, praise the Lord for... Praise the Lord.
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, O creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That's the praise of archangels and angels tonight. That's the praise of His church. His resurrected living power is living in this building tonight. Nothing can pass before Him. Nobody knows the secret of everything. And in His presence we stand now to condemn every sin and every sickness in this building. And in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I command every evil spirit in this building to depart from sinner and depart from backslider and to depart from the sick, to depart from the crippled, to depart from the blind. And I ask you now in the name of Jesus Christ, the Stand to your feet and accept your healing, your salvation, and the glory of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ.